know I promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Psalm 40. I waited patiently upon the Lord who stooped to me and heard my cry. The Lord lifted me out of the desolate pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a high cliff making my footing sure. The Lord put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many shall see and stand in awe and put their trust in the Lord. Happy are they who trust in the Lord. They do not turn to enemies or to those who follow lies. Great are the wonders you have done, O Lord my God, and your plans for us. None can be compared with you. Oh, that I would make them known and tell them, but they are more than I can count. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, you have opened my ears. Burned offering and sin offering you have not required. And so I said, here I am, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I love to do your will, O my God, your law is deep within me. I proclaimed righteousness in the great assembly. I have not restrained my lips, O Lord, you know. I have not hidden your righteousness in my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your deliverance. I have not concealed your steadfast love and truth from the great assembly. You are the Lord. Do not withhold your compassion from me. May your steadfast love and your truth continually keep me safe. For troubles without number have crowded upon me. My sins have overtaken me, and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and altogether dismayed who seek after my life to destroy it. Let them draw back and be disgraced who delight in my misfortune. Let those who say, Aha, aha, be appalled at their own shame. Let all who seek you rejoice in you and be glad. Let those who love your salvation continually say, Great is the Lord. Though I am poor and afflicted, the Lord has plans for me. You are my help and my Savior. Do not delay. Oh my God. Amen. From Ezekiel chapter 43. He led me to the gate, the one that faces east, and I saw the glory of the God of Israel coming from the east. His voice sounded like the roar of a huge torrent, and earth shone and the earth shone with his glory. The vision I saw was like the one I had seen when he came to destroy the city and like the ones I had seen by the Kibar Canal. I fell face down. The glory of the Lord entered the temple by way of the gate that faced east, and the Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the inner court, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. While the man was standing beside me, I heard someone speaking to me from the temple. He said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place for the soles of my feet where I will dwell among the Israelites forever. The house of Israel and their kings will no longer defile my holy name by their religious prostitution and by the corpses of their kings at their high places. Whenever they placed their threshold next to my threshold and their doorpost beside my doorpost with only a wall between me and them, 
They were defiling my holy name by the detestable acts they committed. So I destroyed them in my anger. Now let them remove their prostitution and the corpses of their kings far from me, and I will dwell among them forever. As for you, son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel so that they may be ashamed of their iniquities. Let them measure its pattern, and they will be ashamed of all that they have done. Reveal the design of the temple to them, its layout with its exits and entrances, its complete design along with all its statutes, design specifications, and laws. Write it down in their sight so that they may observe its complete design and all its statutes and may carry them out. This is the law of the temple. All its surrounding territory on top of the mountain will be especially holy. Yes, this is the law of the temple. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is the first half of of chapter 43. I said we were going to speed through things, but then I I started looking at this and went, okay, we're not going to be able to speed through all of this. But looking here, I, I love how this is sort of a turning point. Uh, in Ezekiel's story uh, with the new temple being built because you have a restoration taking place, a restoration that was spoken of a few chapters ago uh, about God restoring Israel. Well, here you have a great reversal that happened in Ezekiel 10. God is uh, fixing it, right? Long time ago, months ago, we were in Ezekiel 10. I don't know how long ago it was. It was quite a while ago. I'd have to go back and look at what episode it was, but um, we have the glory of the Lord leaving the temple. And we have the, the temple being basically made desolate. So it just becomes this shell of itself so that it can be destroyed and it's not a problem because God's glory goes where God sends his glory. But there's a bunch of things that we need to see in here because there's things that we need to understand from Ezekiel 10. Because in Ezekiel 10, the glory of the Lord leaves via the gate that faces east. And if I remember correctly, uh, in that episode, I talked with you about the fact that this is emblematic of the glory of the Lord going with the exiles, that the glory of the Lord uh, was going to be heading with his people, that he was going to be joining his people in exile. If I didn't talk about that, uh, then, well, now I have, uh, that the gate facing east I think is is symbolic of it's facing the people who are in exile in Babylon. And it's 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 saying to them that the glory of God is going to go with you, even though the temple is destroyed. And we see that here with the word of God coming to Ezekiel in exile, that God wasn't going to be wasn't going to remain silent and he wasn't going to hide from his people. Instead, he was bringing his glory uh, with his people. Well, here uh, we begin in verse 1. Where does he get taken? He gets taken to the gate that faces east, facing the exiles. And he says there that he saw the glory of the God of Israel coming from the east. The glory of the God of Israel returning with his exiles. The fact that the, the people of Israel will be brought back uh, from exile with their God, by their God. And for us, church, uh, not being Jewish, what it, it speaks to us a story of, of God being with us in the darkness, God being with us in the exile, but also God restoring us, God bring, bringing us back to himself, God being uh, one who uh, 
always becomes the hero of the story, the one who who rectifies everything, that it's not up to us, it's up to him to do what he is going to do. I like how it says his voice sounded like the roar of a huge torrent. And this uh, reminds me of uh, chapter 1, verse 24 of Ezekiel, where he speaks of the angels, the sound of their wings, like mighty waters, that God's voice was speaking in, in the message that was being proclaimed, that the earth was shining with his glory. This this reminds me of the reading that we had in Revelation, where, where God will be the light for his people, that there will be no need for sun or moon. Ezekiel talks about how this is just a reliving of the vision that he saw at the very beginning here of the book with the great throne that has wheels so it can go wherever it pleases. Uh, And then you have the glory of the Lord that enters the temple by way of the gate that faced east. Where in Ezekiel 10.19, it says that uh, the glory of the Lord left the temple through the gate facing east. Here, you have him returning exactly the same way he left. That he's coming back in the way he's going to come, exactly the way he left. It, this reminds me of, of how the angels tell the disciples as they're looking up to heaven, gazing after Jesus as he ascends, they say, he will come back just as he left. While the man was standing beside me, this, this dude who's been measuring everything, he hears this voice speaking to him from the temple, and it says, Son of man, this is the place of my throne. So God is speaking to Ezekiel here. Speaking of this this throne being placed there in the temple, which is a a, a different uh, image than what we have for uh, mercy seat. In a way, uh, it, he's enthroned above the cherubim, is how we're how we're spoken of. But the picture I take from this, uh, apart from God's throne being a mercy seat, where we go before the the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace that we need. It's also speaking, as we've been speaking, that this, this temple is emblematic of this Christ who is to come, this perfect one, who's going to make it so that there is no need for any other temples anymore, that the temple of his body is going to take care of the worship. His temple, the temple of his body, it's in him that he is the embodiment of all of God's promises, including this promise of a new temple coming to us and that he's filled with the glory of God and that he is a king, an everlasting king with an everlasting kingdom, that his throne is a cross, that he sits at the right hand of God the Father to be the judge of the living and the dead, that it's there that he is He is high above us and that he dwells among us. Here it says, where I will dwell among the Israelites forever. I wrote on the margin, he will dwell with you, Right? That, that uh, we can harken back to the uh, passage we had this Sunday uh, from Mark chapter 1, verse 15, right? <laughs> where, where Jesus has his first sermon, where he, he says, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of heaven is here, repent and trust in the good news, is what he says to people, that it is that his kingdom has come. The kingdom of God, this this throne of God, the, the the reign of God has come in this Jesus who comes to proclaim repentance and faith, to turn and trust in him alone above all things. 
that and then he he speaks of this this repentance that God is going to bring that that the uh, the house of Israel and their kings will no longer defile my holy name by their religious prostitution and by the corpses I, I love that or their monuments of, of their kings at the high places whenever they place their threshold next to my threshold and their doorpost beside my doorpost with only a wall between me and them they were defiling my holy name by the detestable acts they committed so i destroyed them in my anger now let them remove their prostitution and the corpses of their kings far from me and i will dwell among them forever this besides this being a repentant work that god is doing among his people this makes me think of the struggles that we have in america right now where we have people that are either pro trump or pro biden where it is that you've put all your eggs in the trump basket for instance and you are uh, uh, thinking of him as the second coming of Jesus Christ in a way that somehow he's going to save you, that things are going to be different. And then those of you who are with Biden, the same thing. And, and we place all our trust in these kings. Yes, I know they're presidents. They're kings. And we defile God's holy name by thinking that somehow they're going to do something for us that we think God has decided not to. What a load of horse pucky. If you, if you have, have dwelled within that as some sort of ideal thing, you are wrong. I'm sorry, but when, when Trump comes out with God made Trump video, basically giving himself the divine right of kings that God decided he would bring Trump into the world because he's, Trump was going to be this new messiah. How can you not read Antichrist? How can you not read Revelation? How can you not read idolatry? How can you not read this text here? That you're, you're, you're cutting down and destroying the temple of God to raise up your own temple to your own little deity who's probably going to go to prison. <laughs> what a oh, church I pray for you every day. That your eyes would be opened. It's 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 one thing to vote for a particular political party or particular political views, but it's a whole other thing to have a personality cult. And that's it's it's disturbing to me, especially when I see it among so many of my friends. I pray that that would end. That we would not try to to replace our Jesus with with some politician who's only going to fail us and lie to us because all they want is power. Well, diatribe ended. Uh, the last the last few verses here, 10 through 12, as for you, son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel so that they may be ashamed of their iniquities. Uh, why the temple description exists in part is to remind Israel of all that they've lost to remind Israel of how they have failed to keep God as their God, that God became their God, gave them all things, and they used it to find other gods. They used it to worship other things. And here he's saying, describe to them all of it. Why? Uh, so that they can be reminded of their failings, be reminded of their weakness, be reminded of their brokenness, be reminded of the fact that they are sinners, that something is missing that they need me. Let them measure its pattern and they will be ashamed of all that they have done. 
that it is that the cross of Christ comes before us to remind us of our sin and the resurrection of Christ comes to remind comes to remind us of our justification that it is that that we have sinned we have tried to get rid of God in our lives we've turned against him we have tried to tear down the first commandment that we have a God to replace him with other sorts of deities that cannot save us and then the resurrection reminds us that even though we've done all of that God still redeems us how he's supposed to reveal all these things. And then the last is verse 12. All its surrounding territory on top of the mountain will be especially holy. I read that and all I can think of is what we get from Christ. That it is that he gets all, all our sin and we get all his holiness. He gets all our sin and we get all his righteousness. That we have the great exchange take place. That he became sin who knew no sin. Right? so that we might become the righteousness of God through him. That this handing over of himself to us, that, that we bring him our dirty, filthy rags, and he clothes us in majesty. That is this new temple that is coming is there to remind us of our sin, but it's also something that's going to come down from God in Jesus Christ for you. That God's glory is going to be one that's going to come to create a great restoration that is that when he comes again he's going to make all things new those are the things that we hold on to church we don't we don't hold on to hopes that we're going to make a better world we don't hold on to hopes that somehow this year we're going to get things right instead we hold on to him knowing that he is the one who's going to make things right for us let's pray almighty god by grace alone you call us and accept us in your service Strengthen us by your spirit and make us worthy of your call through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, church, thank you for sharing these episodes. We've had a we've had a really good year of downloads and, and visits and, and all those things. Please continue to do so uh, that this word might get out to others. Uh, prayers for you as you go into uh, your new week, that Christ would be with you and that you'd be strengthened in your faith and your love for God and for one another. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.